Welcome, welcome, whether you're across the world, across the hemisphere, in your car, at the gym, or just stumbled upon us across our many platforms. This is the Golbazan Podcast, your source for Iranian football, for fans of the beautiful game. And today, guys, for, for some disastrous reason, which can only spell the downfall of this otherwise very respected podcast, I am the host, Samson Tamajani. <laughs> I usually serve as the editor, but I'm nonetheless very happy to be on here, where I'm joined by veteran panelist Arya Alaverdi of Glasgow, Scotland. You can follow him on Twitter at Arya underscore Alaverdi, and Kasar Amadi of Tarangeles, California. You can find him at Amadi Kasra. Uh, now, guys, just to start off, thanks for, thanks for joining uh, me on here, guys. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for having us on, guys. Uh, and also, I quickly want to say, uh, make sure you follow Castro's uh, Twitter account that he does the the posts on Farsi, so Gobazan Farsi. You should check it out. Pleasure to be on with you guys. Now, if you may remember, it might feel like an eternity ago, but the past month has delivered us a lot to talk about. A lot of fans on the bandwagon of Iran returning to the promised land to be crowned champions of Asia once more, right? That we're going to... Party like it's 1976 again. The man who envisioned the entire footballing revolution in Iran, Carlos Karosh, would get his last ride into the sunset as Captain Masoud Sojai lifted the Asian Cup trophy. It's coming home, boys. It's coming home. Yeah, well, no. Sometimes truth is a bit stranger than fiction. The good guys don't always win. That epic montage of, of rocky training and punching bags of meat running across the city of Philadelphia destined to win the boxing bout, sometimes it doesn't always end with a happily ever after. Of course, Team Lee saw its demise in a bit less than climactic fashion in the semifinals. One slight move wrong, one bad decision, one mental lapse, split-second reaction can cost you. And if you never know how to get back up after facing adversity, you're going to remain down. And it looks like Iran did remain down. And after Azmoon came oh so close in the first half to beating the Japanese defender, all of a sudden the legacy of Carlos Karosh comes to a screeching end. An emotional end, surely, as we'll get into, but an unceremonious end on the field nonetheless. But in the end... It's Qatar with the title after their 3-1 victory over Japan in the final. And to you, the fans, we want to do as best we can to break this down, talk about what went wrong against Japan, where Iran goes forward, and, and we'll do that in this edition of Gold Design. First, to talk about the lineups, guys, uh, and, then that, and then that second half. Guys, so plainly, what went wrong? Was Kanani wrongly put in? Arya, Arya your, your boy, Majid Hosseini, should he have started? Arya, I'll let you get your first take on all that. Well, first of all, got to say thank you for the great introduction. Uh, really um, enthusiastic and, uh, you know, well described. Uh, no, uh, I think Kanani deserved to start, uh, considering he didn't have a bad tournament. Uh, he did have a good couple of games, especially against Vietnam, uh, where he showed that he's very competent against teams like uh, like like Vietnam, who are very quick and um, uh, you know can can create chances. So yeah, he I think he does he he showed that he deserves a start. I think Majid Hosseini, um although I'm going to say I wanted to start, 
he probably deserved to be on the bench because of the mistakes that he made against Oman. And um, I think that we look at it from a subjective uh, standpoint. I think Pradi Ganji was always going to start. Uh, and I think that uh, Kanoni uh, is a good uh, partner for him. Yes, he made mistakes against Japan. And yes, you could obviously argue, um, you know, Majid Hosseini probably could have not made those mistakes. But, you know, it's happened now and we have to accept it. But it's something for the next coach to to, to ponder. He's got three um, centre-backs now that, you know, will improve. They're still quite young. Um, But the mistakes happened and I think that those mistakes will be things that these players uh, need to learn from. Um, and, uh, you know, I think going into their careers now, uh, Pradi Ganges left Europe. So you're, you're looking at maybe him slowly but surely, you know, in a couple of years' time, you know, he might not be a starter for Team Melli if he, if he doesn't improve. Um, so Kanoni, you know, he might go to Europe, he might improve, and he might start. Uh, next to maybe Maggio Saini, so I think there's there's a lot of lot of options for us in the future, but um, I hope uh, it continues uh, to be successful in defence rather than negative. Tassar, did did you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I do agree with what Arya said. I think Kennedy deserved to start, but with all due respect to all the other teams we played prior to Japan, with Japan's on a different level, and now, a week after the game, I probably would have been more comfortable with Majid Hosseini starting alongside Ped, uh, Pirelli Yanji, just because, you know, they did so well in the World Cup, and I feel like maybe the result would have been different if Majid would have played alongside Pirelli Yanji. What other observations from this game, gentlemen? I mean, just in terms of how it progressed, Iran came close to scoring that first half and seemed pretty much... Equal starting the second half before things fell apart. What else? What else do you want to add that you noticed, Castro? Well, I mean, like you said, first half we, you know, we controlled the game. Uh, we had most of the position, uh, the possession, and we had the better chance to score in the first half. Second half, I just think with uh, with Japan scoring due to due to you know our own players. Um, the error from Kanoni. No, you're right. First of all, we have to um, look at the suspension to Taremi. Taremi's suspension, I think, was a big loss for us. Uh, first of all, uh, you could see uh, in the first half that Osmoon was, was very, very isolated um, between uh, Tomiyasu and um, uh, Yoshida. I think he was always uh, beaten um, in the duels uh, aerially and on the ground. Um, so, I mean, you know, we were resorting to playing long balls uh, over and over again, and you can see that uh, although he can definitely be a target man against China, he was doing it great, he won't do it on his own. He has to have someone there with him. And I think Taremi not playing the game um, affected his, his uh, you know, psychology, um, in the second half and his, and probably his fitness too because he was basically running on lost causes that he was never going to win um, against two, the two centre-backs. Now, you look at the game against Japan, he was able to keep the to keep up the, the high tempo against, against, sorry, against China. But against Japan, he started to fade 
And I think not having Tony there and having players like Amiri and Jalen Bausch who really aren't going to give you that kind of um, wide wide target man um, role in the team to support the striker. Uh, so you know, I think it, it sort of it, it, it gave us um, very little options in the attack. And I don't think that um, Kiro should have started. Uh, I mean, Cena pointed out in, in the last podcast when we were, we were pre- previewing the the match itself. He was uh, speaking about Ansari Fard uh, starting the match, and I think that would have been a better option. We look at Salman Gordus who could have started the match, but I I I think that Salman Gordus would have been a bad option in this match. Looking at how the game progressed, I don't really feel like he would have given us much um, going forward uh, because of I don't really see him as a, as a sort of target man, uh, giving the physicality up front. Um, but like Castro was saying, the defensive error that we we did ha- give, you know, we gave away a. Uh, a goal from the players reacting to whatever it was, a dive, a whistle heard in, in the crowd, or whatever it was. Listen, when you're, when you're playing football as, as a kid, when you're playing football when you're five years old, the first thing that the coach tells you is you, you play to, to the referee's whistle. You play till, till you hear the whistle and then you can stop playing. I don't know what these players have been told when they were kids in Iran, but Clearly, the only player who was told was Mir Muhammadi, who continued playing. Five players, five players react reacted to the foul, whatever it was. I don't know, but you look at players like Hay Safi, Rezaian, Omid Ibrahimi, Prairi Ganji, who are so experienced, so um, cultured in in terms of playing for national team, playing in Europe, and they reacted in that kind of way. It's kind of it's kind of unprofessional from. From them, I don't really blame Kanoni in that in that situation because he is inexperienced and he's not played in Europe, so he can't really blame him as much as you can blame Prali Ganji, for example. So, um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great uh, thing to see. Um, I won't blame the referee for the first goal; that was our player's fault. But the second goal, I don't believe it was a penalty. I don't know if Castro agrees with me, but. It wasn't. You can't say that's a penalty. If you look at the replay, the player is trying to trying to stop his fall from happen from you know you trying to break his own fall and the arm hits his hand. Now, I don't know if you want to look at the previous matches against Iraq where we were not giving pe- giving penalties and VAR wasn't even used in that situation. You know they were more clear cut. This. Is not a clear cut penalty. Okay, it hits his hand, but go to the rule book, and the rule does states the ball. Your hand has to be moving towards the ball. Yeah, it used to be before that if your hand is in unnatural position, it's a penalty. The rules changed a couple of years ago. Now, if your your hand's moving towards the ball, if it's deliberate, then it's a penalty, or it's a or it's a foul, whatever. It wasn't. His hand was on the ground and it was sliding. You know, so it's not a penalty, but I don't know. Castle, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you. I do not think that was a penalty, in my honest opinion. But when when it did go to VAR, I was 100% confident. I was like, there's no way this is not going to be a penalty. It's going to be overturned. But as we saw in the final, Japan against Qatar, Japan also suffered from basically the same call. 
So we can't really we can't really be too sad over it, but I agree with Arya. That, in my opinion, was not a penalty. Guys, I personally have I, I tend to see that called a penalty so many more times than not called a penalty. And in, in my in these meetings that I've personally been to, because I am a U.S. Soccer Federation uh, referee grade uh, seven, with uh, with the types of training that, that's taught to us about what's a penalty, what's not a penalty. If the hand, it eventually comes down to if the hand prevented the ball from approaching closer to the goal, then we're directed to more most often call that a penalty. The hand was extended beyond the body, and I I just personally I've never seen that not called a penalty. If it's a situation of a of a of an arm away from the body and the ball is going towards uh, the goal or towards the penalty spot, what have you. I, so that, that's all I'll say on that. Let's answer the question, though. This is the the main question. Was it deliberate? It doesn't need to be deliberate. It never. It, it, well, these handballs, they never have to be deliberate. They never have well, to be. It was, it was extended from the body. I, I'm, I'm just... I'm just elaborating on what I've been told as as a referee. I'm not saying I'm some kind of all-knowing referee, but I know in these situations of when, when to call, when not to call a penalty, that's been the case. And so when that was originally called, and and as Castro had said, and, and VAR, I, I as well was thinking, there's no way they're going to overturn this. I Poor thought, Kastra. I didn't think his arm was extended. I thought he was just breaking his fall. And, you know, it. he didn't extend his arm to deflect the ball. So I just, I agree with Arya. I don't think that should have been a penalty. I don't think it was deliberate. Yeah, and this is just one of those cases where so many different people from all all across the world will have different interpretations, not just spectators like us, referees, uh, lawmakers within FIFA. It's, there's always going to be a debate about that. Uh, moving on now, uh, guys, uh, now that that's out of the way, I want to look back on the tournament uh, from Iran in general. I want to give uh, from you two guys uh, report card uh, grades by each position area that uh, Iran played in this in this cup. First, I want to start with goalkeeper. We obviously only had Baron Van play. He kept a clean sheet until the very last 40 minutes of the semifinal, again with the um, eight-mile-long throws that made waves across the news Websites. Uh, so with A, A plus being the best, let's say D minus being the worst. Castro, I let you go first on Baron Van. If I had to grade Baron Bar- Bar- Van, I would give him an A. I think um, all the way up to the Japan game, he was flawless. Like you said, his long throws, his reactions, the penalty save against Oman, it was just it was amazing. And I don't, against Japan, I would I guess say only the third goal was slightly his fault because his exit was. Not the best, but the first goal, as we saw, the whole team just, the defense just broke down. It was a mental breakdown. Uh, everyone was out of position, and the second goal was a penalty, you know. You can't really fault him on that. So I would have to, I would, I would give him an A overall. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I would, I would say that, you know, obviously he didn't concede any goals until the um, Japan game. He made some crucial saves, um, you know, of course against Iraq. Yeah, I think that save really um, saved us from uh, playing against uh, a tougher team in, in the second round. 
Um, and uh, obviously the, the penalty save against Oman um, that pretty much guaranteed us a quarter final spot. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I think an A is uh, is 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 um, fair. And I hope that um, you know, I hope that he wants to leave Iran, and I hope that he wants to go to Europe uh, in in the in the summer because I think that it's it's time for him to move. You know, um, after a performance like that, and in the World Cup, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he was also fantastic. You have to, he has to go, um, and uh, uh, his fans will will obviously not be happy with it. But you know, I think they can sign a, a sign a keeper in Iran. They can get somebody like Harry V or uh, I don't know anyone it can come in and and do absolutely fine in Persepolis. But Benavan has to go for right now. He has to go. Moving on to, uh, now, how about those defenders, guys? Are you? Yeah, defense. Defense was good. Defense was good until until Japan game. Defense, although it wasn't as good as the the qualifiers and the World Cup, the defense definitely changed. Uh, we ha- we sh- we seen an an adaptation in the style of def- of defending, um, and it was you know because of the the weakness of the teams. Um, you know, because again in the Asian Cup we, we were very defensive, very deep. You know, in, in this Asian Cup, sorry, in the World Cup, in the Asian Cup we were very, very high. You know, we were playing a much higher line, and they did well for for the majority. Yes, they made mistakes. Yes, they could have conceded goals, but they kept out the goals for the majority of the matches. And against Japan, you know, it, you know, it happened. We made really. Unprofessional errors, and if if that hadn't have happened, I think we again, I think we could have played a really good match against Japan. Um, but it happened, so you know, I would give them a probably a a, a C uh, because of that that unprofessionalism. The seemingly perfect results of of all those clean sheets all just to come crashing down with that lapse against. Japan. That that yeah. brings it all the way down to a C, are you? Yeah, well, because they're the, they played a, a real team. They played against Japan. I, I mean, China, Oman. They're not they're not great teams. Let's be honest. I mean, they, they're expected to get clean sheets against them, but you know, against an actual proper team, we lost three <laughs> 0 You know, so it's um, yeah, it does. It does. It does take it down, in my opinion. Castro, what what about uh, your grade? I thought, like Arya, I thought they were great all the way up to the Japan game. Even first half against Japan, everything was fine. I wouldn't give them a C. I would give them a solid B just because I think I think if it wasn't for that mental breakdown that led to the first goal, we might have not conceded because I, it wasn't looking like we were going to concede. You know, we were we had we had control of the game. So just because of all of that, just based on the first half and leading up to the goal, we were doing great defensively, so I would have to give them a B. So, so just a, a a flat normal B then. All right, guys, fair enough. Uh, now on the attacking end, what went right? What could have been improved, guys? What What are your grades, Casa? So, attacking end, first couple games, we were fantastic, scoring left and right. Um, the the passing, I I love the one touch passing, the movement off the ball, the movement without the ball is. It was great to see because the past eight years, like that style of play, it was leading up to that, but we hadn't just seen a tournament where we had control of the 
control of all control of the game, uh, one touch passing movements, scoring left and right. I every, everything was fine. I just would have loved to see uh, Salman Godos and Torabi get more playing time towards the end because I feel like their skill, speed, it would have helped us a lot against Japan if they were brought on earlier. But if I'm given a grade, if I have to grade the the attack, I would I would give an A, maybe even an A plus because we were fantastic. Just the flow of the game, the passing, the chemistry, Osmond and Tarami together were just fantastic. I would I would rate I would say an A plus. Now before I let Arya give give his say, I want to make note, guys, when when the mental lapse against Japan occurred. We have to remember that when Iran tried to push up to attack those final 30 minutes, especially after that penalty, they, they were just sending prayers of, of, of ducks. The ball wasn't going anywhere. There was no passing. They they'd abandoned all of that uh, cohesive work to try to establish a goal-scoring opportunity. And that attacking just went completely mute. And the only mention of of... The forwards that we heard was, say, the 90th minute whenever Asmoon got ticked off and wanted to start a fight or something. I think that's worth mentioning, too, guys. Yeah, I mean, before I give my answer, though, Samson, I, I want to I hear your what, what's your grade. What, I mean, give me first of all, give me your grade on, on the defence. If not, you didn't get your, your opinion on it. Right. Um, well, I mean, the, the fundamentals were were just ingenious from what I saw leading up to uh, the Japan game, there was there was obvious discipline. Uh, I mean, of course, against Iraq, there was there was a lot of uh, flaws and just in terms of how everything was organized. Uh, I, I think that would bring it down to a minus when you adjust for difficulty of teams and stuff like that because they should have been better against Iraq. And then Japan, with that, uh, I, I'd, I'd bring that down to. I'd say, well, you know. Maybe I shouldn't be so forgiving about that mental lapse. Uh, yeah, C or maybe even a C minus, just because of the level of professionalism that Karosh instilled in these guys. It's uh, you're right. It's it's not acceptable. I don't mean to be one of those you know tabloid guys that we hear about that are always trying to pick fights in terms of uh, discussing Iranian Iranian football, but but uh, no, yeah, it is unacceptable, and I'd say that's a C or C minus for what that brings it down to in terms of, you know, how you handle the pressure semifinal game and and, and what all uh, is up for grabs. Uh, midfield because of and, – and, you know, this really connects to just the whole team, how they responded after that adversity was not very acceptable, the way that went. You know, reckless fouls throughout the tournament, you can, you can also consider that, bring them down. But also looking positively, they they kept really good possession uh, throughout the the tournament. Um, the midfield established really great set pieces. I felt they were able to capitalize on that. Um, great leadership from guys like Dejaga. So uh, midfield, it's tough to say, but I, I'd give I'd give them a, a probably a, a B plus. And then and then the the attackers, I, I'd. I'd probably settle for a, a B just based on how everything went, the highs and the lows. But I want to let you finish on that, Arya. Yeah, I mean, uh, the attack was good. I mean, if you look at it, against Yemen, we scored five goals. 
they did what they had to do in terms of finishing the games. Um, you know, we did the job. You know, you look at players like Osmoon, who was so highly criticised by Iranians prior to the World Cup, prior to the Asian Cup, but they still fought through the adversity and they came through with goals. And that's what they, that's what they had to do. I mean, even Jahan Barsh, who had a, an injury for three months, came back and he scored a goal against uh, Oman. Um, and, you know, I, I think that you know, players like uh, Torabi and Tarami and Kordus, they showed that even when they're on the bench, they can come on, they can impact the game. Um, and, you know, Ansari Fari came on against China, had an impact. And I think that's what's important. Strikers need to do that. Strikers need to make an impact whenever they're called upon. And they did. However, um, against Japan, um, we'll come back to it again. Listen, um, Carlos Queiroz, he gave the national team a objective or an aim before the Asian Cup, and that was to reach the semi-final. And we got there, uh, rightly so. We, we were deserved of it, you know, we, we were a strong team. We had to get to the semi-final, realistically. Now, we got there, now it's a time to criticise, because that is your objective, to get there. You want to play to get to the final. Now you have to play. And they didn't show up. Realistically, they didn't show up. And, you know, they didn't create enough chances. They didn't get enough shots on target. Osmo had a chance to score. Didn't score it. Okay, it's a good save. But that's all we really created. Um, and I think looking at it from that perspective, against a top team like Japan, we couldn't break the defence down. We couldn't attack. We were too defensive. For me, it's... Uh, it's a C <laughs> overall. As 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 harsh as it is, it's a C against a top team. You didn't perform, so yeah, for me it's a C. Can I bring up one point? Yep, go ahead. The thing is, it the Japan game just shows how important Tarami is to the team, especially to the attack. Now, how how okay, Arya? I want to know. I want to know your opinion regarding. Tarami's impact on the tournament, on the tournament, entire tr- on the tournament, but mm. more more importantly, if he played against Japan. Well, yeah, I, I, like I said before, if he had played against Japan, Osmoon would not have been as isolated. And I think that even if you will, even if let's say for example, uh, Tarami started, Tomiyasu was marking Tarami, and Yoshida was marking Osmoon. Let's just see hi- hypothetically. Now, let's say uh, the centre-backs of Japan were winning the battles every single time. Of course, there's going to be a period of fatigue. And I think that eventually, Osmoon and Tarami would have won a couple of battles. And we know how, how great they are at combining in, in, you know, in close contact and you know, in, in, in tight situations. If they had a couple of chances created between the two of them, they could have had a goal. Tarami wasn't there, and I don't think that Tarami, um, sorry, I don't, th- I think Tarami missing out was a huge miss, and a, a really huge miss. And um, when if 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 you're gonna listen, if you're gonna play Vaidamiri as a left winger, you play him against a team like Spain, like Portugal. You don't play him against a team like Japan. I think 
Carlos Kiros actually said in one of his interviews with Ferris Sipur um, recently that he made a mistake and I think and, and he said that he hopes the next coach doesn't make that mistake so I hope that Tarami you know learns from the, the yellow card that he gave that he, that he got against um, China and the next coach whoever comes in has a replacement for him if he does so this is all learning curves for, for Iran but should it come down to that with the, with the whole ordeal of Tarami because I mean, look, these guys were able to uh, not have that that missing gap with Ezzatolai out. There were all these worries about how that 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 center and then the center back or center defensive mid would how that would be organized without Ezzatolai. Yeah, I mean, you, you can look at that. You can you can see that. I mean, you can say okay, Polizade wasn't in the, in the squad. Mohamed wasn't in the squad. But I mean, listen, they weren't in the squad. You can't do nothing about that. Tarami was in the squad, so he could have definitely played against Japan. You know what I mean? So, hypothetically, yes, if Koryuzade was there, it would have been awesome. But he wasn't. So, But the whole he, point was that Iran had depth. Like, like there, yeah. were, there were two guys at each posi- position that can get the job done, or at least that's what was thought. How did everything just not come together just from Tarami? Listen, I mean, listen, I, I, um, you, you've got to say it. I think Tarami is, uh, like Sina said in, in a previous podcast, he's probably not better than Kodlus, but he is so important to the team. Do you know what I mean? Individually, he's probably not a better player, but there's players in every team that are just important to the team. Like, for example, I'll, I'll, I'm going to compare him to a player, uh, Mandzukic, for example. Mandzukic is so important for Juventus because he gives you that extra bit he can combine with the striker, he can play out wide, he can be a target man, he can do everything, he can work hard. Tarami is that kind of similar kind of player. He can play out wide, he can join the attack. You know, I think that we needed him um, in that sort of physicality between defence and midfield um, that, you know, we didn't have. So I think, yeah, he was a, a really crucial player for us. Right, with that... Guys, there's nothing more to add to that. I, I want to move the conversation forward, Kasra. Kasra, I, I want to ask you in general from this tournament, from to the level that Iran is elevated to. If this was the pinnacle of a of performance by a team Malik squad, do you think this generation of of players that we currently have can progress Iran up the ladder, or do you think things will weaken now? that Kiros has officially left. What are your thoughts? I definitely think that uh, we can improve, and we should. But it, again, it all depends on who the next coach is. With Kiros gone, if if Kiros signed an extension for another four years up to the 2022 World Cup, then my answer would have been yes. This team's going to improve. This team's going to even get better. We're, we have a very good chance of getting out, uh, getting out the group stages of the World Cup. But without Kairos and not knowing who the next coach is going to be, it's a very hard question to answer. But with the talent that we have, I want to say yes. It just depends. It all comes down to the coach because we need a coach to bring out the best in our players and push our players and be professional. So to answer your question, it all comes down to the coach. But I do believe so. I do believe uh, we will improve. 
Well, does it really all come down uh, to the coach? And Ari, I'll let you add add to this because look, we had not the not the level of talent of guys playing abroad in Europe that Iran had in, in 2009 through 2011 through all that those different coaches. There were maybe what two or three guys really having decent ex- exposure in in Europe. And then, and then now, obviously, Karos helped um, orchestrate that. But with the level of quality that the team and just the infrastructure of younger guys coming in, Yunus Delphi uh, playing now for Charleroi, can these guys really just fall apart without a decent coach, or can just a, a decent coach keep the team together to still succeed? Well, I mean, if you look at Look at uh, when Kiroz first came in, in charge of Iran. Um, the first thing he did uh, that really, I think, is different to what other coaches for Iran have done um, was that he he emphasised um, discipline within the, within the team. Yeah, you know, you look at the, the, the stories that happened with um, Rahmati and uh, Aghili, who were two experienced players for national team, um, and they were immediately uh, chucked out of the squad because they were being children. Um, and I think that you know the next coach that comes in in charge of Iran has to have a certain degree of uh, discipline, uh, and you know to some extent um, they have to be able to st- um, hold the room. You know, because Iranians, um, without a doubt, the media, some of the players will try and, you know, disrupt the the national team. Um, that's just the way it is in Iran. And the coach that comes in has to be able to, to be strong, to be, you know, mentally strong and able to deal with that uh, on a daily basis. Um not allow the the players, um, the national team players, to to get involved with the media. You know, you look at uh, previously when Iran were, were playing, um, you know, with, with the coaches under Kotbi or under Branko Ivankovic, we had players fighting with the media, players fighting on the pitch. Um, you know, uh, a famous um, situation I think happened was in the World Cup or Asian Cup. Um, and the player had a fight, you know. These things must be eradicated. These things must never happen, because it could happen, because our players have that in them, that, you know, they could make that that kind of stupid, um, unprofessional behaviour on and on the pitch. So the coach that comes in has to have these values that they can be strong and and strict. Um, However... We cannot we cannot dwell on on Kairos's tactics. We cannot say, okay, oh, why, why are we not playing like Kairos? Why are we not playing like oh the way we play against Argentina or against Portugal? We can't dwell on that because l- listen, um, of course, listen, of course that they were fantastic. We had a fantastic um, uh, style of play against these teams. We defended so well, but we can't dwell on it because these th- this team has to evolve. We have to get better. We can't 
uh, stay in the mud or you can't get stuck in the mud because oh you know Kairos was so good for eight years no we have to evolve we have to get better and whatever the next coach does it has to be for the benefit of the team and for the benefit of the young players who come in in the next five six years it can't be for the benefit of oh because Kairos did that we need to do that no it has to be for the benefit of the team and the benefit of the players that, are, that have to develop in the style that we're playing and the coach has to w- really want to develop these players not just come in because he wants to get paid do you know what I mean so it has to be because he wants to develop them otherwise Iran will never improve under a coach that doesn't want to develop them Ari you brought you, you brought out some excellent points and I definitely want to progress uh, with that but I, I want to make sure I get this question out of the way first Aria, how do you think this tournament, Asian Cup 2019, will go down in history for Iran? What, was Asian Cup 2019 enough to cement this team as truly Iran's best in recent decades? Yeah, I mean, look, look at the last World Cup. You know, I, I think, I think, um, look at 2014 World Cup. Um, that was a that was Kirish's first tournament. It was tough for him because you know listen the preparation wasn't there now he asked for more preparation um asian cup 2015 maybe you could say it was a little bit better i wouldn't say it was any better because it was pretty much the same preparation that he got yes against in the you know qualifiers we improved and in the world cup it got better but look at what happened for the preparation in the asian cup the preparation again it wasn't there and yes, you could say, okay, we made individual errors, we need made team errors, but listen, I, I think that I, I think we could have played better at the Asian Cup had we have been well better prepared. We can dwell on that as much as we want, because listen, it's never gonna happen un, un, unless um, you know, somebody in the Federation really wants it to happen. And yeah, I think Kiros was saying before the Asian Cup Qatar paid for our preparation, so clearly someone in someone in our sporting and um, um, uh, you know governance doesn't want us to improve. So until that changes, I don't see much else happening on the pitch. Um, you know, so we have to deal with that. Now you you're asking about previous tournaments. Was this our best one? No, it wasn't. It wasn't our best one, and it should have been if had the um, the federation or the sports ministry helped us to improve, and he didn't. So you know what can we do? Uh, now, guys, to reflect uh, in general, what do we what do we want to say about the legacy that Carlos Caros leaves? And I know Aria, Aria you uh, uh, you brought this uh, point up um, a few minutes ago. Um, but I, I want to just focus on this. It, it, it's not without controversy, of course. We don't know who the new coach will be. Also, although there are there already are plenty of rumors, as expected, and I'll let you guys expand on what you think about that as well. But firstly, to my main question: Can the success of Kairos be replicated or advanced from this point at, for Team Millie? Kasha, I'll let you answer, answer that first. I think so. I think it definitely can because that if you bring in now, I'm not. This is not a knock to Kairos. If you 
bring in any, not world-class coach, but a very good coach, then we could definitely improve from the, the Karish era. We could definitely get better because our players have the potential and even our youngsters that will probably come in uh, coming uh, 2022, 2022 in Qatar, like Delphi, Shakari, and Aliar, uh, the player that plays for Esselad. We have the talent. So if we get a good coach, then I think it could definitely be replicated. Yeah, I mean, if you look at players, like like you say, Aliar Sayad Manesh, who is a great player. And these players, like I say, like I said, I, just, I said a minute ago, these players will only improve if a coach comes in and wants to do improve them. Because if you look at the current um, under-23 coach, uh, Karen Shar, do you guys think that he wants to improve the national team of the under-23s? Do you think that he's really there for improving them? I don't think so. I, I really don't think he's there to improve them. I don't want to hate on him, but... I really don't think he's there to hit. I don't, I don't see that he's there to help them improve. A coach has to come in and really want to improve them. Kairos really wanted to see Iran develop. And that's why he was so successful. If, if a coach doesn't want that, it will never happen, in my opinion. Now, for our wish list guys, our, our Nauru's wish list, if you will, who is your favorite wish to succeed, Kairos, at this point, for the helm of uh, Team Ali? Arya, you first. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see um, uh, Herb Renard come in, the, the Morocco coach, but I think the Asia, the African Cup of Nations uh, is in June, so I don't think he will be available until that happens. Um, Herb Renard's a great co- option. I also think that um, Van, Van Marwijk, the Dutch coach who's been you know linked to the job recently, is also a good option. I don't know. I think Herr Bernard is, is one that I would like as a long-term option. I think we heard some rumours this morning about Javad Nekunam coming in as a temporary option. You know, I don't mind that for, for a few months, but for long-term, I think Bernard is the best in my, at the moment. Um, I have to agree with Arya. For long-term, I think Bernard it w- is the best option. And if it was up to me, I would I would put a caretaker... I would hire a caretaker like Javad Nekunam until Renard is available to sign a contract with Iran because I know the African Cup of Nations is, like Arya said, in June. So a caretaker till then, until Renard is available, I think that is the best option to uh, to move forward with. What do you think, Samson? I, I feel like we still have to look into this uh, more as as the uh, as time progressive, progresses and and seeing about all the variables for for example um Shrajay remarked that he doesn't want to retire you know stuff like that uh I I, I was talking to my dad I say Renard he, he doesn't sound like a bad option at all he, he brought Morocco to be a juggernaut the last couple of years but also um these rumors as uh, uh Bert Van Marwijk did, did I pronounce his name right I've always read his name I haven't said his Van, name Van Marwijk yeah Van Marwijk yeah, yeah. So what what do we think about him, guys? Because he has a obviously a very strong reputation. How, how do you think that would fit into Iran? Yeah, I mean he's coached the Australian team for like two months. <laughs> he coached the um, Saudi Arabian team for through the qualifiers, and 
you know, I think he's not a bad option. He, he also took uh, Holland to the final of the 2010 World Cup, which he lost against Spain in extra time. So, no, I think it's a good option if, if he comes in. The only issue is he's a little bit old. <laughs> he's 66 years old. And I think that may be, you know, it's good to have a young, a young coach, somebody who could maybe stay for six, seven, eight years, um, whereas I don't really see Van Marwijk staying for maybe more than a World Cup, um, you know, preparation and, and the actual World Cup. So, you know, I don't really know if he's a long, long-term option, but he's not a bad-term, sort of medium-term option um, for now. Well, well, hey, guys, if we're looking for uh, energy, enthusiasm, youth, uh, competitiveness, uh, look no further than Jurgen Klinsmann, am I right? I mean, if you want to. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he's not a bad uh, option, but I don't think that's that's possible. I don't think he's going to... I don't think that's possible, in my opinion. Those are all great options, but like Arya said, Van Marwijk, if I'm saying it correctly, he's he is a bit older. I just think Renard just fits the profile very well because he's 50 um, uh, in the qualifications leading up to the 2018 World Cup. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, Morocco qualified without conceding any goals, and we qualified with conceding just two goals um, in the last game. I feel like he just he fits our style, the tactics, everything. If it, it fits Iran, it's it's a match, it's a perfect match, right after Kalos. So I feel well, like we, he's, we also he's have to say that option. we have to say that he was actually at the China and Japan matches in the Asian Cup. Yes. Um, no, I'm not going to make any speculation on negotiations, anything like that. But let's hope that something happens because I think that he could be a good option. You know, I think that he could he could change the, the national team for the better. And I was saying before, we need someone who wants to improve the players. And I really think that he's a guy who wants to improve, not just come in because it's a job. Do you know what I mean? It's different. There's two ways you can be a coach nowadays. You can either come in just to have a job or you can actually come in and really want to improve a team. I think that he wants to do that. So let's hope something happens. Well, it'll be fun. Mine is, you know, the the, the slight possibility of an own goal at the World Cup, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's always a possibility of something when Iran's play. <laughs> Oh, God. Incredibly uh, thought-provoking conversation this was. Um, it's always good to have communicative therapy to recover from the depressing end to the Asian Cup. Not to discredit Qatar, of course. Arya and Kasra, I, I want to thank you both for bearing with me through this pod. Thanks uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, I want to just quickly say, of course we lost against Japan, but I really hope that we get a friendly... Uh, in the next few few months, and we can revenge uh, our loss because I think that um, that would be a really good game to watch. And I think that you know, um, if it happens, you know, it, it would be something to uh, to behold. Yeah, I think our players will definitely give it their all to get revenge and and not just show Iran, but show the rest of Asia that you know we might be better than Japan. And Samson, I appreciate it, and thank you so much. So with that said, you guys, and thanks again for you know having having me on here. I know that uh, that I am comparatively speaking a newcomer to being a 
contributor with this pod, just from being an editor and all that. I, I really think for the for you, from you guys, from our our uh, contributors with Golbizan, and especially the fans for welcoming me with open arms and just being a part of this. It's a, it's a huge honor to connect with fans from all over the world. And uh, thanks again for you two guys for you know being being great help uh, through this pod. And uh, with that that said, to our listeners, thanks again for listening. And please spread the word about finding us on Twitter at Goldbizon and subscribing to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again, and see you next time for another edition of Goldbizon. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Goldbizon, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news.